Hey, and welcome to the Courtney Turner Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney, and I'm super passionate about moving and thinking. On this show, we are going to dive into all things health, fitness, personal development, lifestyle, and political sociocultural. I've always been fascinated by people and I love learning from the experiences and stories of others. This has been a treat for me and I hope this is enjoyable and useful for you. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or any way that I can make this a better experience for you, please don't hesitate to reach out. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I'm Courtney Turner. Hey, and I'm Scott Armstrong. Swapcast action tonight. Awesome. Yeah. I, I think this is my first time doing a te- like technically a Swapcast. Okay. I've done live streams, but I haven't done, and that, that term is actually really new to me. Okay, yeah. No, I love it. I, I think it's very valuable. Like what I'm mm-hmm. saying, like when I first started podcasting, mm-hmm. I reached out to Sam Tripoli, another one of my, you know, idols, and I'm yep. like, hey, Sam, like what's... What, what are you? Th- I think he was doing one of those like ask me anything sessions or something okay, like that. And yeah. I was like, we got a brand new podcast. Like, what what is your advice for a new podcaster? And he was like, um, they have to learn something. The people have to walk away having learned something. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to have a catchy title for the podcast or something mm-hmm. that that, yes, that allows you to important. remember. And then um, and then do swap casts with other podcast so that me that way your audience gets on gets familiar with this show it's yeah. like cross-pollination so the swap cast is a huge effective tool i think that that's, yeah i that's, think that's that's really awesome it's been a very important part of like my journey i feel like i'm just like reaching out and networking hey let's do let's do a swap cast and people are like okay yeah yeah, yeah. so very yeah, cool yeah like definitely i mean i feel like the I mean, the best thing about podcasting in general has been the collaboration with oh, yeah. other uh, content creator yeah. and podcaster mm-hmm. and those are the ones I tend to have on repeatedly yeah. um, I think yeah there's so much value in that totally I learned so much <laughs> I know I, yeah. I don't know and then honestly the last couple of years I don't know where I'd be right now if it wasn't for this like I'd just be what just sitting in the dark in the, what the were computer? you doing before this oh man like I don't even know man like it's just <laughs> I can't I, like, I, I wait how long have you been doing this like just as post COVID, like we started right after COVID. Okay, so we yeah, yeah. So, so like, just a little bit before yeah, me, yeah, yeah. like a year before me. Yeah, yeah, just okay. about. Yeah, it was like June twenty twenty when we first started. Okay, yeah, yeah. so it was yeah, like yeah. February twenty twenty one for yeah, me. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So yeah. Well, let's let's give the audience a little bit of our background. Okay. Okay. You want to go first? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Um, I don't know in terms of background though. I feel like I have quite like. Or just well, let's talk about our shows first. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, so I have the Courtney Turner podcast, which mm-hmm. is uh, I'm the host, Courtney Turner. Ooh, and cool. uh, when I actually when I first started it, that was like kind of the, you know, like hang up, like mm-hmm. what do I name it, mm-hmm. and what's my focus? Yeah. And then I realized that I really can't narrow it down. Yeah. I'm just gonna name it the Courtney Turner podcast, and we're gonna talk about whatever Courtney wants to talk about. So that's pretty much what we do. I actually have two other shows. Mm. I have uh, they're kind of newer, smaller. Well, not technically newer, but they have less episodes. So, Wim, What is Movement? And that's a show where we explore ways that movement helps people to heal emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually. Hmm. And uh, that is being held hostage by YouTube currently. Oh, really? Yeah, because it's actually a separate channel altogether. Hmm. But they won't take it down, but they won't let me have access to it. What? I know. I haven't heard of that. I know. <laughs> and I, I messaged them. I no response. And I tried to appeal the other saying, I just want to get in so I can just take down whim mm-hmm. or just access whim. And I said, there's no way that whim violated your quote unquote community yeah. guidelines. You know, it's a show about athletes. Like yeah. it definitely didn't violate anything. So Did they just identify you as a subversive in general. And they're like, mm, well, they said this. I can't create any other channels. So oh, I guess, yeah. Really? Yeah. Damn. 
damn, well, I guess that's a big piece of the puzzle, too. So, you guys, like, she's, like, got some serious street cred now. Like, <laughs> I tell you, like, so, the Courtney Turner po- podcast. So the Courtney Turner podcast. Then there's Wim What is Movement. And I'm continuing with that as well. I actually have a new episode that's going to go up uh, that was shot pretty recently. And then the other one is pretty new. We're going to package it, but we've shot three episodes, and we will release it regardless of, mm. but, you know, we're going to see if we can get... A little production value behind it. Cool. Um, but that one is called The Right Voices. Mm. And cool. Right? Yeah. And it's a yeah. all-female cast. I, I say it's like a counter to the view. Oh, we need that, something to counter the view. Please, yeah. God. Please. <laughs> but it's very different. I mean, we, we go much deeper and we do a lot of kind of, you know, underground topics yeah. and discuss cons- conspiracies. And, That's fantastic. Yeah. Okay, the fun. world is dying for something like that so i, I think so i don't think yeah. there's anything out there really like no, it and no. it's a really diverse group of women and cool. uh yeah super well, fun. well definitely look forward to that that's awesome that's Yay. awesome and uh so what we were alluding to there is like you had what miriam hanein on our mutual yeah. friend and then what happened right after that you're saying like oh, oh. You're, yeah. <laughs> yeah so <laughs> i had miriam on and uh you do took down my channel uh. Did yeah. you have any strikes? Did you have like? Yeah, I mean, she felt terrible, and I was like, "Oh, don't!" I mean, they were—they hated me. Yeah. I mean, they hated me so early on. Yeah. I was getting strikes. I think number eleven, my eleventh podcast, I I had sent the link out to some, mm-hmm. but to like a couple of people. I was just trying to promote it, yeah. essentially, you know. And it was literally my eleventh podcast, and somebody responded i actually don't even remember who it was somebody like on facebook messages me and says this is what comes up when i look up your podcast and it was from the splc and it said that i was a a hate podcast oh what (laughs) and i was like i I don't think i've said enough words to be hateful wow like how how do they even know who i am (laughs) like that's that's crazy dude that's intense that yeah. was really, really early on. I, I've looked now. I seem to be redeemed. I'm no longer considered hateful or I'm just, wow. you know, person non grata at this point, yeah. which I'd rather be. But sure. um, yeah, so that was really early on. And then I got several strikes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I had some where, like, one where my editor would, he had a private channel. You know, he has, like, regular channel. And sure. then he has a private channel. He uploaded it just to compress it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it, YouTube wouldn't even let him upload it. And they'd be like, nope. Wow. <laughs> Took it down. Wow. So I, yeah, I was flagged like really early. Yeah. And I've gotten several. Sh- I So that's why I told Miriam. I was like, don't feel bad. Like yeah. this was, you know, it was a matter of time. I was initially kind of upset. Like I, I told everybody on Instagram and I think I like started to cry. And it was more this shock. Yeah. I think I thought I had more time. Yeah. I knew there was a matter of time. I, yeah. I knew eventually they'd boot me. Yeah. I'm too I'm too new and they went after me so hard yeah. to get from yeah. the get go. Yeah, yeah. But I I think just that for it to happen like all of a sudden and yeah. like I thought I had more time. <laughs> I know, I know what you mean. Like but but that's what they want to do. They want to pick you off when you're just kinda of growing and you know what I mean? Like, and that's what they would do. So every time they would suspend me mm-hmm. I would have like a two week suspension, and during that suspension, they they I I know I'm gonna sound so paranoid, no. but I watched this in real time. They would push the algorithm because all of a sudden I would start getting growing. I would get followers and views always while I was in suspension. I'm like Weird. I haven't grown in yeah, yeah. like months, right? Yeah. What's going on now? Yeah. And I'm like they're totally trying to. This is like a mind control. Yeah, you know this is like a yeah, trauma just, based mind control. They're well, there's some there's some guy and then there's, release and there's some guy sitting on the other end with like Cheetos all over his lap and just like just like you know. Well, I think it's AI. I don't even okay. think it's yeah. Okay. Well, I, I I like to have, have this 
this vision. Image, I have this personified image of whoever it is on the opposite side of that screen that's sitting there just like, you know, acne and just like smell. It's just like, nah, nah, nah. just taking it out on me, right? That's, that's a way more enjoyable. That's how I, I act because I actually think it's like totally AI driven. Yeah, it is. You know, they, well, there may have been a person at first who was like, Let's press this algorithm, mm -hmm. and we're mm -hmm. just going to clamp down on her. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I, I do think it is. No, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I mean, it, it, but, but at the same time, it's just, man, it's, it's crazy. So, yeah, I mean, like, I can totally relate. I can totally relate. You know, yeah. I've had to learn to adapt and overcome outside of the world of YouTube, for sure. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think people were so attached, mm -hmm. you know. I So I kind of, like, kept working with it, and... You know, I was just starting to feel like I was getting so close to, so they would keep monetizing me, but they wouldn't let me be monetized. Mm -hmm. And they would down, they would downgrade my followers in real time. I, I really thought I was going nuts. Yeah. But it would be in the wee hours of the night. Like one yeah. night it was, I lost like 5% of my following. Really? And I had a pretty wow. small following. So I don't, did they think that because it was between the hours of like two and five that somehow I'd be yeah. like not aware yeah, because yeah. I can't do basic math in those hours? Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this, this isn't like complicated, yeah. you know, calculus. I was yeah. like, it's pretty obvious something's going on. So I started taking screenshots. And this is where it got really trippy because not only were they taking away my followers, but they were taking away views. Oh, wow. Okay. And I'm like, so does somebody unwatch a video? Yeah, yeah. How, how does that happen? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, just kidding. Press rewind, delete. Yeah. I didn't really watch that. Crazy. No, exactly. That, it I doesn't mean, happen. No, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. It's deliberate <laughs> like, manipulation, you know? It's definitely, it's like some AI game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like James Corbett always says, like, they had to break their system in order. Like, they, we see it over and over. They had to live, they have had to literally break their own technology in order to silence us like the whole thing about like the dislike button they had to get rid of the dislike button yep <laughs> i mean they had to like enable a feature to turn off con like these are things that they had to do in response to th th this to me that's all them acknowledging how big a bs it is that they're trying to to, yeah. to protect you know what i mean it's just like they have to literally break their own and just go even going back to like god it was even like 2017 maybe 18 like mm -hmm. this big like yahoo news report that says like they lost like 70 billion dollars in ad revenue that year right just because of all the videos they were censoring and so that tells you like they don't even care about the money it's no. literally just a propaganda tool and they're yep. willing to sacrifice all the stuff in order to protect their narrative it's yeah. so crazy no they the plan is so much bigger than money and mm -hmm. i actually feel again i'm gonna sound super paranoid but no. i really feel like the people who like point the finger at like the you know pecuniary aspect mm -hmm. of it are in a way, really decoy because they're you're missing the scope of the bigger picture yeah. if you keep looking at this from a financial. Oh yeah. You know, not to say that there aren't people who are financially driven, but I actually feel like those are you know the useful idiots for the people whose plans it is. Yeah. You know, of course they're gonna incentivize them through yeah. financial yeah. incentives, but totally. I don't totally. think that that's the the big plan. <laughs> no, no, not at all. And I think just more and more we're seeing them kind of show their hand. Uh, in the fact that money, they, like their money system is like, it's falling apart, you know, like yeah. for one, you know, one of the big indicators was like during the last two years, just the amount of money that they've printed and given to themselves and paid themselves out in order to like, you know, it's just like, they've really shown their hand that their, this money is just useless. It's just this figment of our imagination that just kind of ebbs and flows. And it's just like, it's kind of alarming a little bit. Like, it well, <laughs> yeah, it is. Money, I, I talk about that actually a lot too, because I feel like there are a lot of people I think kind of like on our side, who are like, oh, you know, the the current like financial system's crumbling and it's being exposed, and you know, they they get very excited about that. And I'm like, 
what you don't I think what they're not seeing is that because I feel like they haven't thought it through. Yeah. If you don't have an alternative plan yeah. and you don't have a transition period, yeah. you can't just crash a system yeah. that everybody is dependent upon. And it's really not just us. I mean, yeah. it's the world is really dependent upon yeah. the American fiat system. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, sure, I agree. The fiat system is fraudulent and it sucks, yeah. but there needs to be something else put in place and there needs to be a plan for how you transition yeah. from one to the other. I completely so. agree. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it seems like that's that's kind of their game plan also. Yeah. It's just, hey, guys, we're doing this now. It's like, well, that hasn't even been invented yet, so I don't know how you plan on doing that. <laughs> like, wait, how do, like, how do you plan to get there? Yeah, yeah, but it's like, okay, we're throwing away all this and we're just going to do this. And it's like, I don't know. I was thinking about the other day, Okay, I don't know. This may be a weird reference, but mm-hmm. uh, have you ever, did you ever watch the Ollie G show? You know what I'm talking about? Was it back Sa- in the day, yeah, yeah, right? way yeah. back in the day. Sasha okay. Baron Cohen, right? There's this really yeah. funny skit where he goes and like he's going to, like all these. Actually, it's the same skit he talked to Donald Trump. He oh. talked to Donald Trump with the ice cream glove. Have you seen that? Where he's like he's going to all these like venture capitalists and he's like pitching all these ideas, right? Okay. And he's sitting down with Donald Trump and he's like, I've got this idea. It's a glove, and <laughs> and and allows you to eat ice cream without. An ice cream cone without getting ice cream on your hands. It's an ice cream glove. <laughs> ice cream glove. And Donald Trump's like, okay, thank you. Have a good day. And like, it's up leaves, right? But then this other invention he's pitching, he goes in this other guy and he's got like just a skateboard. It's right. just a skateboard, right? No wheels on it. He's like, sets it on the counter. He's like, hmm. The guy's like, what's this? He's like, that's a hoverboard. And he's like, no, that's just a skateboard. He's like, no, 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 man. It's a hoverboard. <laughs> and the guy's like, no, it's not. Well, how, how are you going to, are you going to invent a hoverboard? He's like, no, 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 that's what you guys are going to do. You guys are going to invent the hoverboard. You know what I mean? He's like, he's coming up with an invention that doesn't even exist. Uh-huh. And I feel like that's what we're seeing with like all the climate stuff and all this stuff. Or just like the energy stuff. They're just saying yeah. like, okay, we're going to do this over here, but that doesn't even work. You know yeah. I mean? Like, it's just, it's just so insane. So anyway. Oh, so tell me about your show and how you started. Okay, so my name is Scott. Uh, I do a show called Rebunked at Rebunked.News. Used to do a show called The Truthzilla Podcast. And uh, yeah, uh, Rebunked. I I moved here to Nashville um, doing the show out of the Last American Vagabond Studios down in Franklin. Um, And uh, yeah, man, we talk about just all the same stuff you talk about. Like, it's so crazy. Like, you and I have had so many similar guests. Yeah, totally. And then Miriam introduced us, you know, (laughs) and and I was just like, oh my gosh, we have all these same friends. And like, I want to interview all your people and you can interview all my people. It's just great. Yay! Yeah. Local freedom fighters, man. Like, yeah. Yeah. I I moved all the way across the country for the opportunity to kind of network with other people who were. uh, Where were you before? So I was in Oregon. Oregon, that's right, yeah. 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 And then, you know, it's not to say that there weren't some good people out there, but like... Yeah, I, I, I actually really recently went back to California, and I, mm. I miss people there, but yeah. I don't miss being there. No, I'm just, I'm done with Pacific Coast time, like, yeah. forever, dude. Never. So, that, it's interesting that you bring that up. Yeah. I, this is going to sound so silly, yeah. but I actually really like being in the central time zone. Yeah, that's great. Right? Like, yeah. I'm only, my mom, my sister are in Florida, so mm. they're eastern time zone, yeah. and then, like, obviously my west coast people, so I'm... I'm closer in time to my mom, my yeah, sister, yeah. and so it's not. Three hours is weird because yeah. it's, you think it's not really a big difference, but you're yeah. in totally different time, times of the day. Yeah. And, so and it's almost better to have like a six or an eight hour time difference than yeah. to have a three hour time difference. I, I can see that. And you know what? I would always like, because we were Pacific Coast, I would always feel, and so many of the guests and people I would want to interview were over on the East Coast, right? Yeah. And I'd always feel guilty. Totally. I'd be like, like literally with work, like literally like this earliest we could get there is like six Pacific time, which <laughs> right. is like nine or ten. But 
I think East Coast people, that's just their culture. They're just used to being like, you know, three hours ahead. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. This is just kind of, and so like all these East Coast people would be like, I'm like, is it okay if we go at like eight o'clock Pacific? And they're like, oh yeah, that's fine. 11 o'clock. Like, like, whatever. <laughs> I know. You know what I mean? Like it's just, they're just they're kind of used to it. I'd be like, 11? Hell, dude, are you crazy? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, especially New Yorkers. Yeah, They're yeah. just like, yeah. yeah, midnight, sure. Sure, whatever. I mean, midnight when I lived morning. in New York, we'd like go to dinner at like 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. And of course, you know, that, that's when you first prepare to go. Yeah. So it's like 11 midnight by the time you yeah, sit yeah. down. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So I dig it. How long, you, how long have you been here? Since September. So it's about oh, nine months. Oh, nice. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, I just got here like not even two months ago. Oh, like, wow. I, I got Super here May, new. May 5th. Yeah. Very cool. How do you like it? Oh, man. I can't even tell you. I can't <laughs> even tell you. Like, ever since I got here, my life has just, like, it's been this meteoric, just exponential. Yeah. Just, poof. Just, I don't even know. Like, yeah. I was miserable out in Oregon. I, I was it so was miserable. Horrible. Yeah, yeah. So miserable. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and, I mean, there's a sense of freedom. And it's so funny because, you know, I'm not, I specifically didn't want to be in the city. Yeah. So I was, like, done with the big cities. Yeah. And... Uh, so many people said to me, Courtney, you've been like a big city girl your whole life. Like, mm-hmm. that's going to be such a culture shock for you. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, the irony is, I've never felt more at home anywhere yeah. in my life. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a beautiful area. Yeah. I mean, like, people are all like, oh, the humidity, it's going to kill you. I'm like, dude, I actually like it. I, like I don't it. mind it, I mean, I but I, I grew up in the East Coast, so. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I grew up right outside New York City. So, okay, so yeah. yeah, this is all new to me. Like, I'm not used to, like, these 90, 95 degree days with, like, thunderstorms. Like, that That was an interesting one today, you know what I mean? Yeah, but, with the sun shower, that's yeah. weird. We, yeah, yeah. I didn't have that yeah. in the Northeast. That yeah. is a little bit odd. Yeah, it's like, usually strange. when it's raining, it's freezing cold. Oh, that's what I'm used to, you know what I mean? So, like, this is like, yeah. okay. Like, okay, I can get a down little this. freeze. I do have to kind of prepare myself with the sun. It's like, I feel like it's a lot more intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 it definitely is. I but. mean, I think because I lived in Santa Monica, California, mm-hmm. so it was, you know, it's pretty temperate. Yeah. You know, the valley gets really hot in yeah, the summer, yeah. but Santa Monica really doesn't. Yeah, yeah. And in New York, you have, like, all those buildings that kind sure. of shields you. Yeah. So this is the first time I'm getting just, like, direct sun, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah totally, yeah. totally. So what was like your what was the, the the straw that broke the camel's back that got you to like get a microphone and press the record button and start going? So when I was in California, I was uh, was doing kind of a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. I was a uh, CrossFit coach. Mm-hmm. I coached at two different gyms. I was also doing, and I had just started this, and I had only done a couple of you know, events, but I had a bunch lined up, and which was really hard to break into. Mm-hmm. But I was doing um, motivational speaking and aerial okay. acrobatic performance. Okay. So uh, I have kind of an interesting, like, unique personal story. Yeah, let's, we'll get into that next. Okay. Because you do. Yeah, like, I was, I, after I've kind of, we made introductions, I was looking at your website and all this stuff. And okay. Like, wow, this is, a, she's, she's got many talents. So, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would kind of share my story, and then I would do aerial acrobatic performances to show people what's possible when nobody thought it was, right? Yeah. So I, I was doing that, and obviously once the lockdowns happened, mm. all the events shut down. I actually did a couple on Zoom, mm. uh, not the aerial Aerial part, acrobatic no, Not the aerial <laughs> part. I mean, I showed video. Yeah. Um, but I would do, like, the speaking mm. on Zoom. But I just felt there's something. It's kind of like the podcast. So mm. 
I understand that I can't always do it in person. There's something about the energy yeah. of being in person with yeah. someone. I haven't it's done a lot so of in-person different. interview style ones. Like the, the yeah. show I did before was like there was three of us, so we'd always be at the table together interviewing yeah. people. You know, and so right. there's a lot of like, you know, synergy that happened with that. So yeah, totally. But totally. yeah, this is different. Yeah, I'm not used to it. I've done a couple in studio with Ryan, but um, like, but yeah, this is definitely there's, the way to do it. And I feel like before, like this was the norm. You know, yeah. if you're doing in-studio interviews, like that was the norm. And it's like, now it's like weird to do. So <laughs> I like, know. People never, they're like, wait, you want to do it in person? I'm like, I yeah, do. might as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get that you can't always, and I've been really yeah. fortunate to have some wonderful guests that, yeah. you know, it just wouldn't be feasible to have in person. Yeah. Um, so I get it. And I'm grateful that the technology is there. You know, yeah. it's a blessing and a curse. It's, oh, it's yeah. both, you know, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. Um, but so I, I really was not into it doing that kind of speaking on Zoom and, uh, the two gyms that I was working at, I was also training some clients and I, you know, I can't guarantee this, but I, I would say with pretty strong confidence that they both fired me over political reasons. Mm. And I, we were just so locked down. Everybody was wearing a mask. And because I am um, hearing impaired, mm. the masks were just really, really difficult for me. Mm. They were, because um, I learned how to speak by reading lips. I didn't get hearing aids until I was almost six years old. Okay. So I still depend very largely on lip reading yeah. subconsciously. Like I, I'm not, I hear now yeah. with the hearing aids, but I, I'm not aware how much that feeds into yeah. my speech clarity. Yeah. So people would just get very frustrated with me because I couldn't understand them and they would think that I was playing games and, you know, to be fair to them, I it would trigger me because it reminded me of being a kid where they would always tell me I was playing games, you know? <laughs> like, no, I can't hear you. Yeah. But what I, re what I realized is that they would think that because they can see my body language or my response that I'm hearing them. Mm -hmm. And I really, I really tried to explain. I realized, you know, it was wasted effort, you know, trying to explain this to people. But I realized that, you know, yeah, I, I of course, you know, I know that you're speaking like it makes sense in this dynamic that you would be speaking i also can hear some sound but that has nothing to do with like clarity of speech sure that doesn't mean i have a clue what words are coming out of your mouth yeah. so i i just got super super frustrated all this to say that i was getting really depressed i felt yeah. really isolated mm. i started going like i had a friend who we would drive uh, like literally an hour and a half to go for a hike uh, just so that I'd have somebody to talk to. I started going down the block to the liquor store because mm. it was, you know, essential business. Sure. And the owner didn't wear a mask. He wouldn't make me wear a mask. And he would talk to me. It wasn't like we had profound conversations, but I realized how desperate I was just yeah. for that human interaction. So all this to say that I was pretty depressed. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, well, you know, now I have a lot of time on my hands, so it was a great time for me to write. I sat at the computer, and at the end of the day, I had 10 hours, and I had a beautiful white screen staring back at me. Mm. And I realized that I know enough about the creative process that, mm. you know, this probably couldn't be forced, so I wasn't going to try. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I, um, yeah, so then I was like, okay, I guess I'll get some books, and maybe that'll inspire me. And, uh yeah, so I bought 11 books and started reading a lot. And then I had all these things I wanted somebody to talk to about. Yeah. And I chewed my mom's ear off for a long time. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> and 
And then people started suggesting that I do a podcast. Wow, that's so great. Shout out to all those people. Right? Yeah. And I really fought for a good six months because I was terrified yeah. and because I couldn't figure out like what to make my niche. Yeah. And uh, then I just kind of decided, okay, I'm just going to sit in front of the computer. I didn't have a microphone. I had nothing. Mm. I was like, I'm just going to go. Yeah. And so I started asking people who I thought were interesting if they would come on have a conversation. And what I realized is that I mostly did it because and this was really my thought process. I thought that if nothing else, even on Zoom, mm -hmm. if I could see somebody's face mm. and have a meaningful conversation, it might like save my life, <laughs> you yeah. know? Wow. Like it might be, you know, make yeah. me feel that much better. Yeah. So, wow. yeah. That's very, very powerful. <laughs> That's amazing, you know? Yeah. And, and like, you know, that speaks a lot to just the state of demoralization that we were all put in, you know, and yeah. like, like especially in like California, Oregon, like all yeah. these places, you know what I mean? Like, it was a very deliberate spiritual attack to get mm -hmm. us as people, you know, isolated apart and just, just chip away at like our spirits, you know? Like, yeah. Like, absolutely. There's no doubt that that was a big part of it, you know what I mean? Like, Without a doubt. I have so much evidence that I could point to that, that, that supports that, you mm -hmm. know? But, uh, what is the biggest form of torture? It's isolation. isolation. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and then, like, mind control and also, yeah. like, everything. Yeah, yeah. So, man, I, I mean, I, yeah. Well, and then, like, you know, not a lot of people were as probably resourceful or willing as you mm -hmm. were to pull themselves out of it. And I, I personally know so many people that succumb to it. You know, like, my, my for me, like, my big part of my story is you know i come from like a, a recovery background like addiction okay, recovery you know yeah. that's kind of my big big part of my story and like sure. i was a counselor for years and, wow. and uh like i'm very active in the whole recovery community that sort of thing and so like, we lost a lot of people i know you know we lost know. a lot of people and like i was a counselor out in oregon for all of it you know and uh it was it was crazy and it's just like so yeah but like yeah, people just didn't know, didn't have like the inner resolve or just mm -hmm. like the resources or to, to pull themselves out of it, you know. And so we fall back on what's comfortable. But like for you, starting a podcast, like like channeling that uh, negative energy and channeling it into something positive, like that's huge. Thank you. Know, you. you know, I've yeah. seen so many. That's 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 what I I I look at this whole situation these last couple of years as just like you know, there's like two types of people in this world: those mm -hmm. who like unfortunately like succumbed to it you know and we're just like enveloped by the fear and then the division and just all the all the nonsense all the psyops <laughs> yeah right exactly you know? and, and then there are those who saw it for what it was and took a step back and kind of like judoed our way into <laughs> yeah, something i like better. that judo like literally yeah. just used it and like because like I don't know about you but i'm thriving more than i ever have in my whole yeah, life yeah for sure you know what i'm saying like it's just like what is that so I'll just say something really quickly um, uh, related to that. Yeah. So I interviewed uh, Dr. Lee Merritt, yes. and she's awesome. Yes. So, so awesome. And, uh, yeah, I love her tagline is be a rebel, yes. speak dangerous truths. What's her, what's her website? The, the uh, Medical Freedom, Rebel the, or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah TheMedicalRebel.com. Yeah, yeah. um, and uh, one of things, we, we were having a conversation. I don't know if it was, it might have been in the podcast, it might have yeah. been outside of the podcast, but we, we were talking, and she was saying how she thinks that a lot of the people who, you know, didn't fall into the despair, the depression, the fear, yeah. wh whatever the negative kind yeah. of, you know, uh, overwhelming emotion might have been, uh, she said a lot of those people were people who intellectualized it, and it was that pursuit that kind of mm. kept them out of it. 
Yeah. And they, I guess they were able to rationalize as sure. opposed to get, you know, subsumed in like this mm-hmm. mountain of fear or, yeah. or anxiety or depression or whatnot. And I think that's so, I, I, I felt that for me, that sure. resonated so strongly because I was like, yeah, what did I do? I like bought a bunch of books and yeah. I started I go listening to podcasts and yeah. starting a podcast. Yeah. And I really, you know, went through like intellectual pursuits that I really didn't have the time to do prior. Yeah. So Yeah, well, I yeah. think also like not only that, yes, it triggered yeah. in me like, so much, you know, um, curiosity to research yeah. all these things for myself too. But then I was primed when it happened. Like I, I, you know, I knew all like about nine eleven and like uh-huh. I, you know, listen to David Icke and lizard people and like we talk about that <laughs> stuff. Like I talk about that stuff, no problem, you know. And then when this happened, I was like, oh, I know what this is, right? You know what I mean? Like and so I was primed. But also okay. I feel like there's a lot, like all of us, everybody that kind of like saw for what it was in the beginning. It was a spiritual thing, too. Like, something it just was. wasn't, it didn't feel right. Okay, this is not, this doesn't sit well, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I, I'd, like, being spiritually primed in some way. I don't know. If there was, like, some sort of, like, whether we were, like, chosen to take this role. And right. I, I've, I've actually kind of speculated on this, too. Like, this is, like, you know, so social media comes mm-hmm. in here, right? Okay. And so, like, maybe, you know, they needed the divide and conquer. They needed a certain amount of people on this side and a certain amount of people on this sure. side. And so, like, part of me was always wondering, like, I wonder if like the feed was perfectly curated for each one of like each one of our sides. So like our like, I'm the sure feed was. that was fed to me, <laughs> the feed that was fed to me was like you'd be like oh like Bill Gates, ooh that guy, you know what I mean, stuff like this. Whereas on their side, they're they're like they're like. So what's what's interesting about that is that was actually a huge, uh, also a huge part of why people told me to start a podcast. So there was a moment in 2020 where I. I, I had this kind of light bulb moment where I felt like I always say that, you know, one of the biggest problems with conservatives or people mm-hmm. on the political right is uh, auto critique. Mm. And I, I said, you know, if I feel strongly that that's a problem, and now I had always engaged in that, not always, but I, I, for many parts of my life I did because I was in the entertainment industry, I lived in Santa Monica, no. you know, even the fitness industry, it was just I, in the circus so industry. So auto critique, do you mean like? Like self-censorship. Like- so the oh, term actually okay, comes okay. from the Maoist struggle sessions. Okay. You know, that's the translation okay. is auto critique, where they would censor themselves oh. because they've been punished so much, uh, and you know, then it wasn't just like your job and your, you know, I mean, they they could die, you know. Okay. So yeah. Okay. Okay. So. Uh, but I felt that that was really a huge problem with people on the right or people who went against you know the mainstream narrative is that they engaged in this they would censor themselves, and I had this kind of moment where I realized I'd done a lot of that because mm-hmm. you know I for for so many reasons just because I was always feeling like I was in the opposition you know, and so it was just kind of easier not to ruffle feathers and you know not to get fired from jobs and mm-hmm. that kind of mm-hmm. thing. So I but. I had this moment where I said, well, if you think that that's a lot of the problem, then why would you want to be part of the problem? Mm-hmm. So during that time, because I did have time, then I started doing so much research, I would just start sharing some things. Mm-hmm. you know. And I really didn't start by making opinions. I started by sharing. I, I'm a researcher. It's sure. kind of what I do. You yeah. know, I, I like to go down rabbit yeah. holes, and I did a lot of that. So. Yeah. Um, so I would just share like articles and like, you know, occasionally I'd write like a blurb on them, you know, uh, you know, maybe like a mini article, sure. you know, in response to it. But so I started just doing that and I got into so many fights 
on social media. <laughs> and that was when people were like, and so I started getting into fights on social media that kind of carried over to like, yeah. you know, real life and, you know, more like engaged on social media, like the private messages, not just the yeah. public. And that was when a bunch of people reached out. I'm like, you should start a podcast. Totally, totally. <laughs> so, okay, here we yeah. are. Yeah, I mean, that's the, I mean, the division happened. Like, for me, that was, you know, I had a similar experience where the division for me happened on social media. Yeah. You know, that was like the the, the instrument or the, the, the medium by which all the division happened. Because mm-hmm. these are people that I've known, you know, from some family, some people that yeah, are like, you know, I've got People I knew so long. Yeah, yeah. that I'm friends that I've known forever. Like, yeah, yeah we always like, like obviously maybe had some differences but this before it didn't even really matter you know right. what I mean? like it didn't matter at all like who cares my, my best friend of two and a half decades has always known my views and yeah. it didn't seem to bother her until no. suddenly in 2020 yeah. that yeah, yeah but the, but these divisions and these 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 falling outs that didn't occur like you know when we're driving in the car like it didn't right. happen when you're like you're like hanging out and having coffee together it happened on social media it happened in those dms it happened like on the comments on your posts and stuff like that you know right. what i mean like it was the medium by which all the division happened yeah you know and so if nothing else like that's like, there was a movie about that and how the algorithm what was it called like social social something. dilemma wasn't yeah, that yeah social that? dilemma God, i didn't see, I didn't see it I, I, I haven't seen it either. i was like i, I kind of feel like i know some. the script yeah, i, I don't know that some. i need to see it <laughs> yeah yeah, I think it's, uh, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I don't it know. Is. I don't know. I, I, I feel like it's one of those things where we're trapped in this paradigm where we're, like, kind of dependent on it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, I don't want to be like that, man. Like, But there are these tools and systems that are emerging that are useful. Yeah. You know, like, I use Telegram. Like, Telegram is the main yeah. way that I communicate with, like, listeners and the audience. You know what I mean? Like, okay. I'll post on Instagram, but, like, I'll get, like, like five likes. You know what I mean? It's right. just like, I don't even, it's just a waste of time, dude. I'm sick of using their tools. Yeah. I'm sick of using their tools and being relegated to what like their whims, you know, yeah. right? Like like they're they're just and not even the whims of like these little social justice warriors. Like I, but it's like you said, it's like this AI, like this this yeah. This dialogue well, I mean on AI, Twitter, like, it's so obvious. Yeah. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious on Instagram and Facebook too, but it's not as obvious. Whereas yeah. Twitter, I mean, it's like these like rote responses that yeah. they they're almost carbon copies. Yeah. And yeah, yeah like, I've okay, seen this that. is clearly some sort of a bot that's okay. just like... <laughs> Have you seen that, though? I've seen, like, montages or compilations yes. of, like, the same tweet from, like, all these various, like, oh bot accounts. Oh, my gosh, totally. So like, there's, it's definitely an AI compilation. Have you seen the bot farms? Have you seen the footage of the yeah. bot farms? Okay, so it's like, this is what we're up against, right? Like, yeah. Like, literally, like, and that's so creepy to think about because, like, like, the stuff that they're pushing right now, guys, like, come on, really? Like, is there really anybody in the world that actually thinks this way? Like... I don't think so. I think it's such a small segment of the population. It is such a small segment, so... but they really believe it. And the problem is they've really uh, done such a good job with the propaganda. That's it. That yeah. they have uh, deceived people into thinking this is going to end up well. And mm-hmm. what they, the, you know, the line they're selling isn't what you're going to get. Yeah. <laughs> you no. know, like they have these commercials. I don't know if you've seen these transhuman commercials. Oh, gosh. No, I see. The only time I ever oh. watch like regular TV is like if I'm at the gym and like my eye like catches the <laughs> yeah. TV screen. I'm like, oh, I don't either. But yeah. it's it's more like, you know, when I go down the rabbit holes. and you Oh, like YouTube research, videos maybe. Yeah, yeah, you know, okay. You'll see like the I've video. Seen, of the, Yeah. I've seen some good ones. Yes, yes, yes. Of like the girl who's like, yeah, you know, she tells her parents how... You know, she has this whole world when she gets the chip in her head. and Oh, wow. I yeah. Wow. Oh, it's so disturbing. Oh, and no. then, you know, of course, they do the whole, like, 
because the best way they always want to take the younger generation and mm. to turn them against their parents yeah. beca and the, because it's one I mean well it's a huge part of their agenda but it's also actually one of the easiest things to do oh you just don't understand mm -hmm. and that's how they can sell it to the kids yeah. and that's exactly what the kids repeat you know yeah. well yeah you just don't understand because this is you know like new technology and it's over your head and so they're gonna have like yeah they're gonna be all special because they're gonna get access to this new yeah metaverse oh, the new the metaverse baby oh my god yeah. It's really creepy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, but they paint it like it's this, you know, euphoric kind mm -hmm. of thing that, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I think like a lot of it too is like the world, the outside world, they're trying to make it so unappealing and like dark and disturbing yeah. that like people are going to eventually opt in to some right. sort of metaverse type scenario. I mean, I don't know, you know, and, and it's like one one of the, the situations I've played out, it's like, you know, that uh, the Bill Gates patent or the Microsoft patent that W O two zero two zero zero six zero six zero six right the body activity data one where it like monitors your body activity data and rewards you with cryptocurrency you know what I'm talking oh, yeah. about yeah so it's like a mining system that uses yeah. your body activity data and like and then all the debunkers or the freaking like fact checkers they always create the straw man argument about that particular patent about <laughs> like there being like a chip it says no it doesn't say anything about an implantable chip and like. There it doesn't say anything in the thing about an implantable chip. It's describing a technology, but it doesn't tie it to an actual chip that's an implantable. But it's describing the technology. Okay, so and yeah. it even in the patent talks about brain, like brain activity. It monitors your brain activity, and it will know that if you've seen something or not. Like it will know yeah. that you've seen like. Well, Facebook has a patent on the uh, wearable, a uh, wrist yeah. wearable that reads your thoughts. Oh, and they yeah, yeah, they yeah. did uh, they, they they promote it under the guise that you know for people who are paralyzed. Yeah, see, they're always they're, type. they're always like exploiting the handicapped. Always in order to push big pet peeve of mine. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yes, yeah. So. Huge, huge pet peeve of mine. Yeah, um, but when you're talking about the chip, that one's really interesting because it, yeah, I'm sure you're familiar with the like Charles Lieber and his patents. Okay, so I heard you Mir you and Miriam talk about yeah. it. I heard Miriam talk about it. But okay, like, yeah, like, she's done great work I on haven't, it. So I haven't, few people have. I haven't so. covered it on my show at all, so okay. lay it on us. Uh, okay, um, so Charles Lieber as a... Wasn't he the guy that was like, okay, so let me just guess here. But he was yeah. the guy that was like co like double agent with like the chinese or something yes. like okay 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 but yeah, yeah. Like, lay it on us so miriam uh labels him the nanotech king and okay. i think that's a very apt name for him okay um so he's got 66 patents mm. and they're all on uh, nanobot technology and he yes yeah, so he was convicted of uh tax fraud mm. is what they they got him on but it really is an espionage case yeah so it he was getting uh 1.5 million dollars uh from the balance plan uh which is china's essentially it's like it's kind of uh, i i liken it to like operation paperclip you know okay. it's con yeah i heard uh, you talk about that too i was gonna have you elaborate on that because i thought that was a fascinating connection that you made totally. okay yeah, yeah. I, i'll talk about that as well okay. um but yeah, so $1.5 million and then 150, I've seen different references, some say 158,000, some say 150, whatever, somewhere in that, or somewhere in that ballpark uh, a year for like living expenses and whatnot. And then uh, it was some other like amount of money, like a grant. So he's getting a lot of money from yeah. this China Thousand Talents plan, which apparently he, you know, falsified on his tax reports. But... The reason I say it's also an espionage case is because, yes, one, he's, he's obviously working with them on this, you know, their research. 
Um, but he was involved in this uh, Har Harvard Lieber research project. Okay. And was he based out of Harvard? Is that mm -hmm. Okay, okay. Yeah, so Harvard, Harvard owns part of his home. Oh, wow. <laughs> he, he was saying that Harvard should pay his legal fees, but Harvard claims that they don't know anything about what was going on with him, even though Harvard literally had a joint venture. It was called the Joint Venture Nano Key with the... Harvard University and Woot, which is the Wuhan University of Technology. Mm -hmm. But somehow Harvard is not aware of what Charles Lieber is doing. Of course not. Uh, it's just all so ludicrous. He got millions of dollars from Jeffrey Epstein. Okay, I was going to say, the same. Was, he, was he one of the Epstein guys? Yes, because I just saw a video about Jamie Deluxe. Big shout out to Jamie Deluxe, right? Okay. Are you familiar with Jamie, Jamie I don't, Deluxe? I don't know if I am. Got it. Okay, I'll get okay. you plugged in with him. He's like okay. the best of the best of the best. Okay. He's hilarious. Okay. Now the material that he talks about is like the, he talks about like all the Hollywood like pedo stuff like the right. Epstein stuff, so it's horribly dark material. Mm -hmm. But he makes it palatable and digestible, and it's very entertaining. Like it's oh, he's great. funny, okay. he's hilarious, he's hilarious. Then he's I would like love him. Head, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a hardcore stoner, even. it's just like his stuff. Like, <laughs> but it's great, it's great. Jamie, dude, I love Jamie to death. Okay. Um, I just watched a video this morning that he just put out where he's like, you know, they're they're talking about how. Um, you know they're not, they're not releasing the list of because uh, you know Maxwell just got sentenced right all that right. and so they're not releasing the names of any of the people but he's like but here's who we know uh, and he mm -hmm. like he was showing them and it was all like Lieber uh, uh, what was that guy's name God creepy creepy lawyer guy from Harvard like that super awful guy um, oh. he was actually one of Trump's lawyers like you know the main lawyer creepy guy like what is this guy like uh, it's gonna drive me crazy Giuliani. No, 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 no. He was on with uh, Jason Goodman on um, on uh, his show. And, Trump gosh. lawyer. You have I'll, your I'll come back to it. I'll okay. come back to it. Okay, well, here. Yeah, yeah, I know. Here. I'm like, I, I was like, I was going to say I should get uh, my computer. But... No, Alan Dershowitz. Alan Dershowitz. Uh, oh, Alan Dershowitz. yeah, of course. The Dersh. Okay, of course. Dersh, yes, right? yeah, yeah. Dersh. And so, so like, and, but in this video, he was listening to all these like Harvard people, like Harvard-affiliated people. I'm like, dude, what is going on with Harvard? So, well, Harvard is a CIA project. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. right? It was a CIA-funded uh, Harvard uh, project that, yeah. uh, or Harvard, uh, yeah, program mm -hmm. that Henry Kissinger ran that mm. uh, Klaus Schwab attended, where oh. he recruited Klaus Schwab, and then he oh. and Herman Kahn. And uh, Jonathan Galbraith, no, Kenneth, yeah, Kenneth Galbraith, um, both uh, recruited Klaus and brought him over to start the European Council, which a year later became the World Economic Forum. Whoa, dude. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. yeah, Harvard's got serious intelligence ties. Okay. Um, right. And it also has, I mean, I mean, we obviously know Yale with skull and bones. Sure. And, but, but Harvard does too. Okay, so, okay. Yeah. So, so Lieber, he's, he's... So Lieber yeah. has these 66 patents, and he was getting all this funding from, you know, and he was also getting funding from, like, you know, our intelligence agencies and, you know, lots of government money because they felt that this was supreme importance. And what they were saying is that we had to do this to... We had to get to the bottom of this to compete with China because mm -hmm. China had this technology, mm. and uh, we needed to protect ourselves, and we also needed to, you know, save face so that we sure. seemed like we were... It's like uh, the, the nano, like what, is, what they always call it, like a... There's always like a, a war, right? Or what is it? What is it? The, the, the battle to have supremacy, like tech, technological yeah, supremacy. Like, um, that, wasn't that like with Russia? Like, yeah, Russia. Yeah. It's, like, it's like whether it's space or militarily yep. or... But a lot of yeah. times that competition is just a cover yeah. for the research that they're doing. And so what he mastered was that the, because the reason they were looking at nanotechnology is because the... 
they realized that if you make the particle so small, then you could have it infiltrate the cells without it affecting other cells. Hmm. So they make it sound like this is a good thing. However, this means that the body won't reject it because you make something so small that it's hmm. like a virus particle, essentially. Sure. Um, Quote unquote you know, virus. Quote, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 quote unquote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I got you. I got yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> quote unquote. Um, but yeah, so they, so he, so he, I mean, he's several, 66 patents. And the first one is in 1991, mm. which I keep bringing up. I think it's relevant because it was also the, 1991 was also the year that Pfizer did their canine uh, spike protein vaccine. Really? I don't even know about that. Yeah, they patented that in 1991. So wow. I don't know if there's any coincidence or correlation, you know, correlation one to the yeah. other. I just think it's relevant that yeah. they're both 1991. That was, so that was Lieber's first patent, but they're all, so here, he was also partners with uh, Elon Musk mm. on the Neuralink. He created really? the Neuralace technology. And this is where I was going when I was talking about the chip, because he invented this technology that is the, the Neuralace, which doesn't need a chip mm. because it is self-assembling. So mm. one of his patents is on uh, nanobot technology that is administered via needles injected. And then it, uh, it's a, basically a binary weapon. So it's activated by radioactive technology pay and payload. And okay. something like 5G yeah. could activate it. Yeah, or, or uh, Starlink. Right? Or Starlink. Oh, damn. Yeah. So, damn. and it, what we're seeing in these injections, they, they've seen a lot of, uh, you know, what Weird looks stuff. like self-assembling nanotechnology. Yeah. And who has the patent on that? So yeah. that, that this is why I think, you, you know, I, I mean, there were a lot of speculations on why that video got taken down, but I think... I think a lot of it is Lieber. I, yeah, I, I think probably. that's he's kind of the, the, the guy they don't want you to know. Interesting, interesting. So that, I mean, to me, that means, okay, now I need to focus on this guy, like, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, and so I keep saying, one of the reasons I was so interested had a lot to do with uh, Operation Paperclip. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. Because I feel like, so for those who don't know Operation Paperclip, you know, it was in Nazi Germany when... Uh, basically, our intelligence agencies subsumed a lot of these uh, scientists. So some of them we know about the Nuremberg trials, but mm -hmm. that was only what, like six doctors who got. I think yeah, that, that got executed six or seven, and then like yeah, a it dozen, was a really small a number. Well, actually went to prison or something and did some jail time. It's just yeah, like, yeah, it's not and, what people think it was. Right, and so a lot of them. And uh, Annie Jacobson's book says it's something like 16,000 files that are still classified on Operation Paperclip. Yeah. And so these doctors were brought over here and given kind of a pass yeah. so that they could be subsumed into the intelligence agencies. And, you know, the, the, the running joke, I always, I mean, not like haha joke, but, you know, I always say if they put a D in front of it, meaning defense, they mm -hmm. can pretty much get away with anything. Yeah, exactly. So it's just it's just a cover so they can get a black ops budget and yep. do whatever they want. Yeah. So what they did was they brought these scientists over under the guise of being uh, a lot of them they claimed were like NASA, mm -hmm. you know that was the big one like the space uh, guys. Mm -hmm. um, but really, a lot of them were doing uh, chemical and bio warfare. Mm. And Charles' father was a, a telemetry and uh, rocketry guy. So he was also essentially yeah. an espionage. Okay. I mean, that's yeah, what yeah, telemetry sure. is. So, yeah, yeah. and we know, so I, 
I, again, I can't like prove this, but I think he was a paperclip guy. I've heard Mike Adams say it. I can't find like concrete evidence to prove it. Yeah. But I mean, he had the cover of being a rocket guy. Yeah, <laughs> he yeah. was definitely doing satellite tracking and telemetry. So it seemed the pieces seemed to be there. And also his grandfather like falsified his documents, mm. uh, like his uh, citizenship documents. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why? Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Nothing else, just why, like what's going yeah. on there? What would be the reason? Yeah, so. interesting. Yeah, you know, and I heard you bring up the, the Operation Paperclip thing, mm -hmm. and I thought what you meant was, and this has kind of got my brain okay. thinking, I was like, oh, man, that's a good point. What I was thinking you were going for was like all of these like scientists that are emerging um, in maybe the private sector who are coming mm -hmm. up with these like mm -hmm. crazy technologies are being recognized as valuable to intelligence agencies now and they're being absorbed into like the intelligence apparatus or something like that like like or like people i mean we know that that happens like in qtel like i was going like an in qtel thing, uh -huh. thing where they're like scouting out for all these you know people that are not only coming up with good technology but are like evil like we need to get that guy on our team right so i i actually think it's almost a little bit reversed okay okay uh so i think that a lot of these people are uh partnered with mm. in you know uh Musk is kind of the yeah. obvious one. I yeah. mean, he's not the scientist. That's that's no. a big mistake. It's kind of like Gates. You know, he, yeah. these these are wealthy guys who invested in science companies. They are not the science. They are not the scientists. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, he's not an independent agent. I mean, he's SpaceX has worked directly with DARPA and NASA, yeah. and you know, so has Tesla. Yeah. You know, all of all of his companies yeah. work directly with. Yeah. You know, the different. Uh, intelligence aid and government agencies yeah so. so so you're probably leery of elon too like i'm like i don't know what this well, guy's up to every single i don't know yeah. how familiar you are with the fourth industrial revolution a little bit yeah yeah, yeah. but every single yeah. piece of technology necessary to execute the fourth industrial revolution yeah elon has isn't, a hand in yeah isn't that weird it's very weird. Yeah. So what? What is this? What is this? Him being propped up? Like he's like like the savior for the conservatives now, right? Right. Like, well, that the, he's, that? he's like the perfect antichrist. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a very he's good like point. you know the perfect controlled opposition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, so yeah. I, I don't think he's a savior. I think people are going to be very disappointed. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I think at best he's an independent. Uh, narcissistic operative, yeah. but I, I think it's actually much more sinister than that. I think so too. I mean, all other signs point to like all of his wealth was like, like I heard someone was saying how like you know he's received like he like it's all like communist based. Like he's just received just free money from the government to build his whole empire, right? And it's all like a house of cards. Well, you know and saying? his like, just, uh, like, baby mama Grimes. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, all the lyrics to her songs are basically about supporting transhumanism. Okay, you know, I've never listened to her songs. Yeah, they're all about transhumanism, yeah. and she said that his Neuralink and his Skynet are going to bring about the communist utopia. Oh, I how didn't lucky know that. are we? I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I've seen her Instagram, and I'm like, why are they like intentionally making her look like she's like ten? That's so weird, dude. Like it's creepy. You know it's what I mean? so, so creepy. So, creepy. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. dark. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I just, yeah, I I don't trust him at all. No. I, no, no, no. Everything that he's involved in is everything we need. Mm -hmm. for the fourth industrial revolution mm -hmm. to come into play yeah i mean he's even funding the hydrocolliders at cern oh really i didn't know about that yeah and that cern just came back online too huh That's, yeah they're, yeah. they're supposedly yeah. opening the portals on the fifth oh really and they, yeah they want to open five oh, dimensions or something what? yeah i didn't know about and this what's so weird about cern is they 
they're so transparent. I mean, it's actually on their website. They're like, we want to open the dark dimensions. Uh, I didn't know that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, we need to put this episode out before the 5th, folks. Like, if you're <laughs> Yeah. Good. I don't know. That nice one's kind of scary. Because they are really, that. they're bold about it. Yeah. Yeah. Have you looked into CERN very much? Like, I, I can't say I'm any yeah. expert on it, but yeah. I mean, I have seen that they're like pretty intent on opening up these yeah. like portals to yeah. demon- demonic dimensions. Yeah. 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 Have you, <laughs> have you seen the, the, the footage of them doing that, the sacrifice at CERN? Have you seen that? You know what I'm I talking have. about? Yeah. And what are your thoughts it's, on that? Now, I heard it's all debunked, and it was just like a prank. It was now, so creepy. Yeah, but what I'm saying is like, okay, let's assume that it is a prank, right? Mm-hmm. But like, that's your idea of a prank? Yeah. Like, this is this is like, that's some that's some interesting stuff right there. Like, these are the people that are working there. Like, they, they, they're totally either trolling the conspiracy theorists, right? right? I mean, that's great. I mean, that's great. I mean, that's... <laughs> I gotta give them some credit if that's the case. Like, yeah, I'm like, right, right. Uh, okay. uh, you yeah. guys, you guys. But, uh... But still, at the same time, like that's that's a little something. No, it, it's it, it's so dark. It's it spe- so creepy. It speaks and to it if, almost yeah. Indicates like they know. They know that we know that they know that we know. You know what I mean? Right. One of those things. It's like, hmm. exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, to me, that's not like like that's supposed to be. If that's humor, it's really dark. Yeah. 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 And I got a dark sense of humor, so I don't know. I don't know. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I, I like like witty dark humor, there you go. not totally. really like totally. yeah, like not, super yeah, dark. Yeah, yeah. To me, that's a little that's a little like mm, it's a little pushing it. But yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I, don't I, I don't know. It could be just a prank, but we know what the they 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 don't hide what their intentions are. Yeah. at CERN. So it's crazy. Yeah. And then how many other logos do they need? Like a six 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 in too. So it's just like it's like they're sitting at these boardroom tables and they're like, "All right, guys, we got the name. Now all we need is a logo with three sixes in it. That's all we need, right?" I'm like, like, I'm Jim, feeling, yeah. Jim, get us a logo. That doesn't. That only has two sixes. Jim, come back when you have three. Make sure there's three. So I'm curious. You said you were. Yeah. I, I have a feeling it went something like that. <laughs> I don't think that's all, far off. All these logos. That's how they have to do it. Like the Chrome people, the World Economic Forum people. They're like. Jim, there are only two sixes in this logo. I said, three sixes. Three. <laughs> Wait, there's only two. We, we need a third. Where, yes. Where's the third six? Yes. <laughs> so you said you were kind of primed for all of this. Like you watched okay. your bike. And, yeah, 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 so I'm curious. Like how did you get into that? Like what? Oh, man, okay. Yeah, so I feel like for me, man, so I don't even, it's hard <laughs> for me to trace back. There's so many oh, different wow. red pills over the way. Yeah. But I feel like it was like early... Maybe 2010-ish, something like that. Okay. Like, like I saw, um, I feel like the Zeitgeist movie was one of the ones that I saw. That okay. I was like, okay, that was a good one. I didn't know about Tower 7, and then when I learned about Tower 7, that was a big one for me. And I was like, wait a minute, right? And that's, <laughs> How do we explain that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, wait a minute, there's a third tower? Like, that's, to me, that that right there. Yeah. Like, nobody, know, even to this day, you could walk up to 9 out of 10 people and be like, did you know that a third tower fell on September 11th? So, and people are like... What do you mean? And it's like, yeah. Why don't you know, technically, like a fourth tower fell, too? Like, Tower 6? Who was talking about Tower 6, right? <laughs> right. Like, it's just like, but but that one was like kind of like, demol- like hit and demolished. Or there were explosives. I don't know. But, like, I think I actually asked Richard about that. I think. I can't oh, remember. I think. I can't remember if we got into Tower 6. I, I talked to somebody about it. But, uh, okay. anyway. But, yeah, yeah. Tower 7. That was a big one. That was, yeah, that I think that one. was for a lot of yeah. people. So, I am, like, kind of embarrassed to say that. Like, I totally bought the 9-11 Me too, me too, 100%. I totally bought it, and I 
I feel like a lot of it had to do with my father. You know, mm. he was he was very much like a Rush Limbaugh conservative. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, I love Rush, but Rush's job was to tell the boomers that there's no conspiracy. <laughs> I feel like that was his job. Yeah. <laughs> there's no conspiracy. I mean, towards the end, he kind of yeah. you know opened up a bit. He really yeah. did, but. You know, certainly back yeah. in those days, it was like there's no conspiracy. That's yeah. just crazy kooks. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and that's not to demean Rush. I think Rush did a lot sure. of great work, and I think he was brilliant. He did a lot of good things, but I do feel like that was kind of his role. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that he played, and that was my dad. Yeah. And so I actually I had a. I was dating someone like shortly after that, and he kept he sent me zeitgeist. He kept kept telling me and he kept saying the same thing like building seven how do you explain that yeah. you know and i think i just kind of had like my dad's voice in my ear you know and i was like no that's nuts like they wouldn't do it and i actually worked in the 666 building which one's that uh, the one uh, it, so okay so you know larry silverstein right? yeah, yeah, larry yeah, silverstein. yeah 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 so mr pullet let's pull it yeah yeah, yeah mr yeah. pullet yeah, yeah. exactly yeah, yeah. this pullet game is on, <laughs> on <point. laughs> yeah and so <laughs> he owned a building on Fifth Avenue and 53rd Street. Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, the it was called, so I worked at Grand Nevada Room, which was also known as the Top of the Sixes. Oh, wow. Because it was, the, the building was the 666 six, six, six building. I didn't know that, okay. Yeah, and wow. he owned that building as well. And so, and that was like the other thing that he kept telling me. It's like, well, what about Silverstein? And, you, and I'm like, no, like. I mean, he'd come in a couple of times. I was like, no. But it, it didn't, but I did have like a weird feeling about him. So yeah. that was the one thing that never really left my conscious. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, my consciousness. Like I was yeah. always kind of like, huh, that is kind of odd that, you know, he had the insurance, only the buildings that he had the insurance on and yeah. that he pulled it. And, yeah, yeah. you know, I was like, so I never, I, I didn't give into it, but I was, that was always in the back of my head. And yeah, I was yeah. kind of like, maybe. But, yeah, yeah. yeah, but it took me yeah, a wow. really long time to, you know, to finally succumb to that one. Yeah. And I, that, I kind of feel like that was why the podcast I did with Richard Gage was so yeah. exciting and yeah. important to me. Because yeah. I feel like once you kind of get that, everything mm-hmm. starts on well. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I feel like a lot of people of my generation are so much more awake because of 9-11. You totally, know? totally. Yeah, I mean, yeah, totally. I'm, I'm right there with you. You know, yeah. like, I, yeah, I was like in senior in high school maybe like something like that yeah it was crazy okay. yeah i remember yeah. It all went down like just poof crazy man but uh it's interesting i feel like actually yeah so maybe your age is even yeah. more woken up by it because yeah. you were young enough not to be conditioned yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah interesting but uh but then but you know so then there were a couple other big ones too for me yeah. too like uh one of the things i i've talked about this before actually reason i don't know where i talked about this but uh mm-hmm. I was listening to an episode of the Higher Side Chats, mm. Greg Carlwood, right? And like he was talking about, he had this lady on named Fiona Barnett, who okay. was uh, like a satanic ritual abuse survivor uh, from Australia. And right. uh, she was describing her story about just growing up and like all the things she witnessed and like, and, like the most hardcore, insane shit you ever could imagine. And I was just like, I was just like, no, no way. This lady's crazy. Like, right. This could not possibly happen. And I started looking at all that stuff and I'm like, ooh. And I came across a movie called Imperium. Have you ever heard okay. of that? It's called Imperium no. 2018. I can send you, send you links. Anybody, if you go to BitChute, okay. I think they keep, ta- even on BitChute, it keeps getting taken down. Like, it's intense. Like, it's called Imperium, oh. and then you put in, like, parentheses, 2018, right? Okay. It's a two-part... Imperium with an I? I, yeah. I-M-P-E-R-I-U-M. Okay. And so it's a two-part movie okay. that basically takes 
it's a 10 part well it's like 10 part oh, wow. documentary that's split into two like three or four hour chunks okay and each one of the 10 stories is a like they take uh they like edit down different documentaries like each one's like a full documentary about different cases around the world of governments like actually covering up for like major like child trafficking situations and it's so crazy so you just realize it's such an epidemic worldwide wow. and it, it talks about like the um the franklin scandal like the um you know the the johnny gosh paul bonacci like the whole the whole franklin scandal situation wow. and so it talks about that i don't think i even know the franklin scandal frank i'll, I'll tell you a little bit about okay. that okay um but then there's one in um Belgium, okay. a really crazy one in Belgium was one in Lithuania that went all the way up to like the prime minister. Like, like it was like they were, it was so, like the kid was telling, was, was this little girl was, was pointing out and telling about like judges and like people that were high up were like abusing her. And, and so they, 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 and the mom was like a prime minister or something like that. Or something like that. I can't, yeah. I can't remember the dynamics, but these were all like po- political people and like they had the police come and it was like this big protest because they actually, the courts ordered that kid to be removed from the parents over this whole thing. They sent like 200 police officers in and they like used like cutters, like cut the door open. Everyone's filming the whole time. And it's just like, it's like stormtroopers coming in to, to remove the kid. Wow. It's like, but that's just one crazy story. And then right. the mom ended up like fleeing the country, like the family fled the country. Like the whole thing is just insane. It's, and you realize yeah. that like these governments, like almost like, and there are several from like the UK. The UK has a horrible problem with all this, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, you start to realize that like these governments, like, and then like royal like the royal royal families like these institutions like pretty much only exist to cover this stuff up man that's what they're protecting that's why yep. they are so extreme about causing global pandemics to protect their power structures because this is what they're protecting yep. like it's so crazy once you start realizing that and anyway um, but the Franklin scandal is a big one like that's uh, that was uh, back in the eighties there was a guy named uh, Larry King. Not the okay. not the not the CNN Larry King. But okay. His name, his name is Lawrence King. He okay. was uh, he was head of the Franklin Federal Credit Union in Omaha, Nebraska, and okay. uh, and he was actual actually a political guy in the, in the Republican Party, and he was like the national chair of something or something mm-hmm. like that, and uh, and so there's a book by uh, actually you know Charlie Robinson, uh, Macroaggressions that, yeah, that yeah. podcast. Yeah, he yeah. just had the guy on who uh, wrote the book. I'm blanking on his name, okay. which is a bummer. Um, but anyway, uh, okay. but anyway, so what happened was, is there was like, so there was a kid named Johnny Gosh that went missing, who was like the first kid that was on the cereal box or on the milk carton. Yeah. Like the milk carton kid. That was Johnny right. Gosh was the first one. And, uh, and I can't remember how these stories connect, but, but there was another, so basically it involved a, a place called Boys Town in Omaha, Nebraska, which was like a, like a place for, um, like kids in foster care or something okay. like that. But uh, it turns out that all these kids were being, like, trafficked and used, like, abused by, like, politicians and, like, the local police and all this stuff. And, like, it came all the way up to, found out that these kids were being, like, all the way up to the White House. They were being brought into the White House. And there's a Washington, not Washington Post, the Washington Examiner, I think it was, like, a Washington Examiner article from, like, the 1980s. Like, the front headline is, like, call boys being, like brought like caught in a midnight tour in the white house like this is like front page headline news of like kids being trafficked through the white house from boys town in omaha nebraska like just like, all the way to the top like it's just the most insane wow. thing ever and this guy named paul bonacci and actually so the movie is called a uh, conspiracy of silence that's the movie it was a very famous movie conspiracy of silence of silence yeah you can watch the full documentary on that but it was like uh it was uh 
there was like it's supposed to be like I don't know Discovery Channel or some channel back then, but then they never released it. They filmed it but never released it. And okay. the main investigator, um, I can't remember his name either, but he died in a plane crash. Him and mm-hmm. his son died in a plane crash, and like he had this this briefcase that was always with him. Then he was researching this, and then his and then the the FBI was like there instantly. The FBI was on scene at the plane crash instantly, and all his research disappeared. And uh, <laughs> this is like back in the eighties, you know what I mean? Wow. And uh, but Paul Bonacci was uh, he was arrested, and he's like, and then this kid's got like a lot of trauma, like you know what I mean? Like he he was like sure. he claims like he was like he's got multiple personalities, and he's being interviewed. And that he, like, seems to I think that multiple yeah. personalities was created yeah. by these, yeah. uh, you know, totally the trauma. Totally, like, and I got mind control. Yeah, yeah, totally, and I got something on that too, but. Uh, but he's talking about, and like in this interview, he was he was in prison, so he was arrested because he was involved with like helping these rings like recruit kids or kidnap kids or whatever. And like he said, he was involved with the kidnapping of Johnny Gosh, and like yeah. so, the family Johnny Gosh's family said that they held back some evidence from the police because they felt like the police weren't doing a very good job of investigating it. So they said that they held back this piece of information. I can't remember what it was, but it was like. Something that they knew that if ever down the road somebody came forward with that piece of information, then they would know that person was credible. And, and Paul mm. Bonacci actually did make that claim. And so it's just like the whole thing is just a mess. But wow. but it's just really crazy to realize like that's what we're up against. But yeah. 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 I, yeah. I've interviewed a couple and I have a couple more lined up, uh, you know, who either work with or mm-hmm. who have experienced uh, SRA. Okay. And that is... I mean, it's so dark. Yeah. But that's like one of those things that once you start to go down that, you like you can't put the blinders yeah. on. You know, yeah. I think I think that's one that's just so hard for a lot of people to accept. Yeah. That that exactly. really happens, exactly. and that there really are these uh, people who worship Satan, yeah. and they you know somehow get some sort of pleasure and benefit. Yeah. You know, from doing these things that are just so incredibly yeah. you know unfathomable. Yeah. It's true, and then it's like so. That was a big, very. I remember that was a very dark time for me because I realized, like, dude, like, what the hell, you know, like, yeah, it kind of focused me a little bit. Like, I needed to learn more now, and then that led to more like <laughs> esoteric stuff, and like right. you know, like all the Manly P. Hall stuff, and just like, you know, just really got me like, I just, just I hate to say, it, you know what I mean? But that kind of lets I say, okay, so I can't not research this stuff, you know? Right, I, I, I know. I consume lots of podcasts. Like, I've been fortunate <laughs> where I have like. I've had jobs in the past where it's just like I can just listen to podcasts all day. Okay. So it's just like, you know, audiobooks and all this stuff. So, right. yeah, it's wild. Wow. Well, I am very, I feel like I'm very new to this. Like, yeah. you know, I, so I think most of my kind of, I don't think I was ever fully like asleep, but yeah. uh, my red pilling really happened through, with the podcast. Yeah, good. You know, I think I always say that I started this podcast it kind of naively. Mm-hmm. I really think I had kind of, I don't want to say like an establishment kind of uh, mentality, but I definitely had more of a mm-hmm. more hope and faith in the political system. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Well, like I had this. Everybody, everybody out there that's still lost on either side. Yeah. They still have that hope. And I think in order to get to where we're at, that hope has to be completely shattered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I still have hope uh, local. Totally, yeah. I'm Locally, I, all politics are local, and I always yeah. believe that. I yeah. always do believe all politics are local. That's why uh, That's why we moved to a better local spot, right? Exactly. You know, exactly. That's why yeah. we have the Tenth Amendment and federalism. There you yeah. Go. So I absolutely believe in that. Yeah. Uh, but I think I have a lot more faith in kind of like the federal system mm, and the possibility yeah. that, you know, if we just got the right people in office, yeah. then we could turn this thing around. And <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. So I, I really did kind of start the podcast with that mentality, and I think I was. 
you know, that was really what I was hoping to kind of yeah. wake people up to. And as I went down the journey, I think, and I'll have to, he, I'm interviewing him actually Sunday, um, but I think I'll have to tell him, I really feel like Jay, Jay Dyer was a huge okay, part yeah, of Jay. shifting yeah. my perspective. You know, I, yeah, I, I just really didn't understand how they use the, essentially how they use the Hegelian dialectic to pit, yeah. you know, the left and the right against each other. Oh, yeah. So they can march in with their AI, transhumanistic, yeah. fascist, you know, yep. uh, yeah. Yeah, they just over. collapse the system and then as Alex always said, Alex Jones, right? I mean, you guys, you guys. Yeah, know, I mean, they, Alex is like, huge like, too. Yeah, he's always saying like, you know, they're going to collapse everything and then pose as the savior and come rolling up with this beautiful prepackaged solution, which is what they always do. Like, yeah. oh, here's the Patriot Act, you guys. Like, this is a beautiful solution to everything. Right oh, here, that you know? Biden just happened to yeah. co-write and, yeah, you know, yeah. it was all ready to go. go the next day. Just they like, just pull it and here we are, you know? Like, that's all ready to go. Yeah, Alex was definitely, Infowars and general was it yeah, yeah i say info wars in general was really huge and but there is something about like having the conversation one-on-one -on -one yeah. with someone oh, totally. you know and asking the questions that i i didn't necessarily even realize i was asking yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know like you phrase a question thinking you're getting an answer and it, it i the other thing too is i because i was a philosophy major mm. i was so fascinated by marxism i mean it just yeah you know just going down that rabbit hole yeah uh, and it was so familiar to me. I mean, I had the whole foundation for it. You know, mm -hmm. I read Hegel. Like, most people sure. have not actually read Hegel. Like, I, I actually. Read Hegel, yeah. yeah, most people haven't. But, you know, I was a philosophy major. So, like, yeah. I actually read Hegel, you know? Yeah. And uh, so I had. A, I read Plato, who mm -hmm. kind of started this big mess, you know? A little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of feel like a lot of this mess starts with him, you yeah, know? And I read Rousseau, and Rousseau was definitely largely influential to mm. Marx. And uh, But the thing that kept coming up for me. As I started going back down this, you know, Marxist rabbit hole, is you really can't keep going down the rabbit hole and not get to Satanism. That's it. <laughs> it's well, like, yeah. and I've now learned that he actually plagiarized from like Blavatsky mm -hmm. and from Vaishak. So you know, he wrote odes to Satan. He actually literally wrote odes to Satan. Who Hegel? No, Marx. Oh, Marx. Oh, Marx. Oh, Marx. Yeah, I didn't even know about that. Hegel, I would say probably. I I don't know that he wrote odes to Satan, but he was definitely Gnostic in his okay. philosophy. Yeah. I mean, it's very much a Gnostic yeah, philosophy, yeah. but but Hegel was much more complicated than mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. um, but. Definitely Gnostic. Interesting. But I would definitely say that Marx l literally wrote odes to Satan. Wow. So, yeah. So yeah. I have two books in there, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. that talk about Mar yeah. Marx as a Satanist. Interesting. So when you go down that path, well, then you have to kind of figure, okay, so what is the battle, right? There's no way yeah. to... there. There's no way to come out of that without understanding the, the spiritual component of yeah. this. I, 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 maybe there is, but I, I yeah, think I that know. that really does lead you. So I, but I feel, I feel like I've been on this very fast track because, and I, I feel very ashamed that there was so much, I, I mean, there so, still is so much I just have no clue about. Well, you like, seem well, very you... well spoken on this stuff. Even when I was listening <laughs> to your shows, like in preparation for this, like I was like, man, she knows her stuff. Man. Like, I, was like, 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 so, I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. No, so I mean, like it's, it's. You know, once you understand some of the fundamental basics, you know, the rest, yeah. you almost can kind of look at something and just kind of intuitively understand, like, where, yeah. what's, what's, like, where, where I need to look or what direction's going on here. But it's tough because even then, now the lines are being blurred. Like, the psyops on top of psyops yeah. are getting so insane that it's like, whoa, man. Like, even my, all of my conspiracy, 
like like I feel like I have like a like a at least maybe a bachelor's degree in this stuff. Maybe <laughs> maybe a bachelor's, maybe a bachelor's. I look at a guy like like Richard Grove or something. He's got uh-huh. like a, multiple PhDs in this stuff. You know what yeah, I mean? Or sure. something like that. Or, or Jay Dyer. It's yeah. Like, it's like I got maybe a bachelor's, maybe an associate's degree in this stuff. Okay, <laughs> maybe a little bit. And that that helps me. That helps inform at least where to look. I feel like I took a very to intense class. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> should, yeah, yeah. Totally, totally. But no. I'm still in one-on-one. Yeah, but still. But still, I feel like it, it helps steer where, you know, like where I land on certain things. You know yeah. What I mean? my, my mind has changed a lot over this thing, too. You know, I've, I've, I've awakened and came to some conclusions. And a lot of it was like an internal thing. Like, yeah, like intuitive. Kind of like, oh, that, it's just kind of like, a, I, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think one of the things that, you know, having that awareness of this being kind of a, a relatively short period of time where my perspective has changed yeah. quite a bit Um I think that that does give me, I I have to be reminded because sometimes I get frustrated because of just the state of the world, yeah. but it does give me some compassion mm-hmm. for, you know, there's a gap. It's kind of like, I think the virus one, like mm-hmm. you were saying, you yeah, know, quote unquote, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I think that one is like, so when somebody, you know, brings something to me, I'm like, well, the framework is a little different, yeah. but it's kind of like, where do you begin? Because yeah. it's. It took me so long. Yeah. And granted, I, I, I always say I think most people have an intellectual uh, resistance to it. It's just hard to wrap your head around because yeah. we've been, you know, seeped in one paradigm for so yeah. long. But for me, it was really personal, you know, because it means, one, my whole life story has been a lie. Okay. And two, it means that it's a mystery that may never be solved. Okay. So so that's a good, <laughs> that's interesting because I know we were going to talk a little bit about your, your history and background. So how does how do you feel that the the the, 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 the prospect line. of terrain theory how mm-hmm. does that how does that uh, you know reconcile with your your past and your history and then what is your history and then how does that how 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 is there difficulty reconciling the two? Okay, so so for we're, we're yeah. listening to know that I was born with quote unquote congenital rubella. Mm. So uh, the story goes that my mom had German measles during first trimester pregnancy. Okay. So therefore, I was born with congenital rubella. And so it rendered me with several complications. I'm blind in one eye. I wear bilateral hearing aids. But as I was saying earlier, mm-hmm. I didn't you know, get hearing aids until I was almost six. So I yeah. learned how to speak by reading lips. I had heart surgery when I was a year old. I was born with hypotonic limbs. So for those who don't know, that's the opposite of hypertrophy, where your muscles grow. Like when you go to the gym, this okay. is where my muscles wouldn't develop. Oh, okay. So it affected my limbs. Uh, I had fine and graphic motor impairment, stunted growth, uh, teeth problems. So it, they told my mom the best she could hope was to find a nice institution for me to spend my life. Yeah, fortunately she didn't agree. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it's that this is all predicated on that this notion that my dad had the German measles, mm-hmm. who he contracted it from. It was actually my mom's OBGYN wife they were all friends they socialized they played tennis together and the wife had gone traveling uh, somewhere in south america returned with this uh you know mm-hmm. collection of symptoms yeah and uh, then my my father got really sick he had a high fever was uh you know apparently delirious for mm-hmm. you know it was a long time that he was pretty sick with the high fever and then my mom about 10 days later experienced a rash on her upper chest and she had very mild symptoms that was pretty much it as far as i know and she knew she was pregnant so she was concerned even though her symptoms were very different than my father's she thought you know there's a possibility i've contracted something so and contracted 
German measles, which yeah. didn't have a very good prognosis for, you know, yeah. the child. Sure. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so she did a lot of research, and then she was pretty convinced that she did have German measles, and she went to have the titer tested. Mm-hmm. So the titer is to test whether or not the baby has been affected with the virus. And when he read the titer, he read it as being 112. The doctor was dyslexic. It was really 121. Mm. So I was affected. And had they read it correctly, they would have advised my mom to have an abortion. Whoa. My parents sued. It was considered a wrongful birth case. What? Yes. Um, and the lawyer was actually the same lawyer as a, you know, the Hustler case, Larry Flint. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Uh, I, I don't remember what the lawyer's name was, but it was, yeah, it was around the same time, too. Wow, that's... <laughs> so, okay. it was a... Cra- and the hospital was covering up because they knew the doctor was dyslexic, so my mom kept asking them to do all the tests, and they kept saying that, you know, they were, quote-unquote, normal. So, yeah, this was really something I really did struggle with for a very long time because, like, okay, well, then what happened to me? And then how did, you know, my dad contract from yeah. the doctor's wife, and then my mom gets sick, and... So there again, I'll, I don't think I'll ever know. It's a mystery that'll maybe. never be solved. Is really yeah. how I feel. Well, no, well, maybe we not. We don't never. need to say never. Have but... you had any people on that that are pretty well spoken about terrain theory? Yeah, I mean, I've yeah. I've really gone down the terrain, and everybody yeah. is kind of like, you know, we don't know. It's usually a collection of things. It's not. So the one thing that you know does come to mind, and uh, I. Everybody I say this to kind of has the same. Even my mom had that, that response of like, "Well, that is true. New Jersey was a chemical plant like at the okay, time. It yeah. really was." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so who knows what kind of toxicity yeah. load could have been in you know the air, the water, whatnot. That, 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 That's that entirely possible. But you know, even so, I had uh, you know uh, Don Lester and David Parker on, and they they believe that you know it's a collection of because the body is so resilient yeah. and therefore it's usually not one thing so it could be like a combination of uh, radiation uh, chemical toxicity uh, stress trauma yeah you know so I, and it's a hard thing too I I've talked to my mom a little bit about it and I I can imagine I feel like it's almost a, as hard as this was for me I can't imagine how hard that's got to be for her to hear yeah. right yeah and. Yeah, so it it's a difficult pill for people to swallow, no yeah. pun intended, you know, yeah, but it, yeah, it really yeah. is. And also because we've been, uh, you know, we've been indoctrinated in this framework that everything, you know, the whole model of Big Pharma is predicated on germ theory. Absolutely. Everything. Absolutely. I mean, all the psyops, like the, none of this could work without germ theory, which is why I think it's the linchpin. And yeah. I really feel, I, I know this sounds kind of strange and might even sound grandiose, but I feel in a way that I'm kind of a messenger for it because mm-hmm. if I could shift my perspective, yeah, right, and yeah. get people to see that this is the linchpin for all the lies and for, you know, the huge, I mean, money-making scheme. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I don't know what happened. Uh, and interestingly enough, I went to a functional medicine doctor recently uh, he does Chinese medicine, a combination mm. of modalities, but using resonance, bioresonance, he said he found rubella. Mm. I'm like, well, <laughs> was born congenital rubella. So that was kind of weird because mm. I didn't expect that coming from like that field of medicine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but then, you know, what we do know is there are synthetic uh, bioweapons, there sure. are chimeric viruses. That's yeah. not the same thing as a natural airborne yeah. virus. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know what 
Rabella is claimed to be. I yeah, know exactly. that Stephen Lanka did, you know, did his uh, case. Yeah. You know, but, yeah, yeah, where they did, they did all the whole thing where you're. Did the whole going through all the motions of you know isolating and they the virus? Couldn't, they couldn't. Well, it wasn't just isolating. Just, I mean, they couldn't isolate German measles specifically. Okay, okay. It was specifically German measles. Well, there was that, but you heard about his more recent one, right? Where yes. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. it went through the whole thing, and like at the end, like they they had some sort of material that was the same, even though there was no biological tissue to begin with, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what they do when they uh, do. They, they don't actually do contrapositulate. Like, what they do is they yeah. put uh, into a Petri dish, but the, it's not, the, they don't isolate the virus. Yeah. They put it with a bunch of other tissue. Yeah, yeah. And then they, so, so it's just, it's a really poor scientific model yeah. Yeah. altogether. But, yeah, so he, but he didn't say what it could be. Mm. You know, like, with smallpox, it was originally called telegrapher's disease. Mm. So... Telegrapher's disease is, you know, that's the radiation that was yeah. most likely causing it. Polio, we know, was eradicated when uh, with sanitation. Yeah, yeah. Purposes, you yeah, know? And totally. Then it, yeah. And then it broke out again with then, the vaccines. And then they changed the name of it, right? Like, yeah. Meningitis. Like, there's all these tricks they use to obfuscate the data to make it look but like But I don't it know yeah. with germ measles. Like, yeah. I don't know yeah. what else that could be. Yeah. What's, yeah. So it's. I think I think you're onto something with the environmental toxin piece because you know that's something that can definitely trigger some sort of like disease immune response. Sure. And, you know, like whether it's like uh, mold or just like you know there's microorganisms that can cause disease outcomes in people, sure. right? You know what I mean? So it's like it's like eh. This yeah. whole virus thing though, like yeah, you're gonna have to you have to give me more. You gotta give me more. You know? Yeah, I mean it's also really uh, you know it could be something so simple like there was just a trauma. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. You know, a trauma in utero, yeah, yeah. and that's could, especially that early first yeah. trimester could yeah. cause all sorts of complications. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. I, know, I don't know, <laughs> but yeah. it, but it's a difficult one to yeah. You know, would be a good person to talk to, and I can okay. maybe put you in touch. His name, Dr. William Trebing. He wrote okay. this book called Goodbye Germ Theory. Have you ever read that one? No. Oh, it's so good. And they've okay. got an audio book for it too. But okay. So he wrote this book in two thousand four, right? Okay. And. Uh, and then it starts off talking about the whole vaccine After thing. The anthrax. Yeah, exactly. And but but he does a great job of going deep into like the whole, um, you know, just the childhood vaccine schedule, right? And just mm. like how evil that is, and the whole. And like, that's the other thing. Without germ theory, yeah. vaccines. You exactly. Couldn't. Exactly. So he goes into he goes hard like the first half of the book, and then he kind of shifts gears, and then he starts talking about nine eleven. And he started, and I'm like, oh, now we're on to something. And he's talking about, like, you know, the people behind 9-11 are the same yeah. people behind, like, the medical cartel. Like, he coined totally. like, the medical cartel term. They are. Like, I'm like, oh, this guy is amazing. I say there's the military-industrial complex, yeah. but the other MIC is the medical-industrial medical complex. Industrial complex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, in this book, he literally predicts, he says that the way these pharmaceutical companies are operating, he's like, they are going to one day attempt to seize power like governments using, like, a forced vaccination program. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, yeah. like, literally describing you know what we're Dr. living through. You know that Dr. Rima's whole thing... Yeah. Did you remember? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. The one in two thousand nine yeah. that yeah. Jesse Ventura yep, interviewed. Yeah, yeah, with yeah. Alice Jones, right? With Alice I'm gonna reach yeah, out yeah. to her. Yeah. I really want to talk amazing. to her. Yeah. yeah. So they they knew, man. They knew it's so crazy. But anyway, Dr. William Trevi, and I had him on my show, my new okay. show recently, and I'll have to put you in touch with him. Okay, he's, awesome. He's Thank the, you. He's the, one of the germ theory experts, like him and Tom Cowan. Tom Cowan, Cowan. Yeah, a really good one. Too. Yeah. yeah. I know. I uh, Cowan. I I'm not sure. Like I feel like some of his parallels with COVID yeah. just were a little bit misleading. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's, I he's, didn't feel like he drew the, the best model. Yeah. 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 Um, 
but yeah, yeah. He, he's fun to talk to. He's Kaufman to is to. great. Yeah, Kaufman, Kaufman's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I met him at Float Fest. He was at Float. Oh, Fest. really? Yeah, okay. Yeah, the, Float, the Float little Freedom Festival down in Texas. Yeah. So Float Fest 2023. Okay, I'll go. be there. You gotta go. It's in Goss, Texas. It's a little outside uh, of Austin. And when is it? It's like, uh, well, this year was the last week of April. Okay. So, so yeah. All right. It was I'll, fun. I'll yeah. put that on my radar. I, God, who else was there? Like uh, Freeman Fly was there. Like uh, I'm thinking like Jack Spirico and. I don't know, a bunch of just like alternative media people. Okay. It was, it was really cool. It was really cool. Who, who was the one? Who was the one? I've, I'm blanking. Anyway, I'm on the spot. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot okay. of my buddies, a lot of, a lot of people I've interviewed, but got to meet in real life, you know what I mean? The yeah, that's awesome. That, so it was cool. Yeah. So what are your thoughts about like the future of, mm. I guess like of this movement, you yeah. know, kind of the alternative media, the new media, yeah. uh, and also just of people to wake up. I love what you say, uh, what is it like a the mass awakening people of people through conspiracy vindication? Uh, vindication. vindication. I, I thought that was awesome. Well, that's the whole point of the like the, again like I started this new show like okay I just have got to have a premise even though it's gonna go all okay. over the place. From my experience, like and it sounds like you had the same experience too, where it's mm-hmm. like I'm just gonna press the record button and see what happens. Yeah. I don't know where the direction is gonna take me. Right. So you know the idea for this show was like you know. Now, I happened to start it back in January 2022 when, like, all of these things that they keep claiming were debunked are all of a sudden now being... That's like That was, like, right the same week when, like, uh, what's that? Lena Wynn was going on CNN saying, mm-hmm. like, well, as long as you have your mask on, like, they called the, the term one-way masking, right? As long as you have the mask on, it doesn't really matter if the other people do. And cloth masks, they're really just facial decoration. I'm just like... <laughs> oh my god, no, lady. So all these things that they keep saying were debunked are now being rebunked. And mm-hmm. so there you go. That was that. Yeah, the conspiracy vindication. So the truth is going to keep coming out. Like, like it's yeah. just going to like all the Pfizer data, and like it's just like you know, every now and then you hear like a like a local news report like saying like, yeah, this kid died after right after taking the vaccine. It's like, whoa, dude. Like, there's little trickles coming out. You know, it, it's yeah. coming out, but then there's going to be an equal press for them to censor just as much, you know. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I think that, uh, I think there's, so for my show in particular, like mm-hmm. I've kind of had like it really heavy on my heart to do, talk about this stuff, talk about yeah. all this stuff, but then have a big focus on solutions too. Like I really, yeah. really, really feel like the solutions piece is what's missing so much. Totally. And for me, for me, the biggest part of that is community building you know building community and so i've made a concerted like that was the biggest thing that i feel like one of the biggest gifts that we had out in oregon was um, a few different things so first of all the podcast was kind of like the the vehicle that allowed us to kind of like have a platform and a voice to kind of network and kind of be leaders locally Mm -hmm. and then so what we did is we started a freedom cell are you familiar with the freedom cells movement no are you familiar with Derek Bros? Derek yes. Bros, John Bush, the yes. Exit Build. Okay, so they started a platform, or a, a movement, really called Freedom Cells. Okay. And it's freedomcells.org, and you go there and you look wherever you're at in the world, folks. Wherever you're at, in the, I talk about this all the time, so they, okay. they know about this. But anyway, any of your listeners, like if you're yeah. if you're in that place where you're, and I wish I, you know, I wish you would have heard about this back in California because yeah. like, this is very, this has saved our lives out in Oregon. So. Wow. So basically, you go online and you look in your local area. You look to see if there's a freedom cell, and and it's pretty much guarantee. Like, uh, if you go on there right now, there'll be a cell in your area wherever you're at. Right. It's amazing. Yeah, and and um, and if there isn't one, then you need to start one. 
to yeah. start it because there's going to be people, there's people coming up from all over like right now, like looking there. And I think most people will go there and see that there isn't one in their area or one okay. like maybe two hours away. Right. And they'll be like, eh, whatever. And they'll leave. Yeah. But if you build it, I guarantee you they will come. If you build it, they will come. And so that's, right. that was our experience. So there was one in Portland, mm-hmm. out in Portland, Oregon. And we went up and I, there were some listeners of our show that invited us up to a meetup up there because mm-hmm. I was living in Eugene. So I was like, Eugene's okay. like two hours south, Portland, sure. right? So we went up there and we walked in and it was like in a little yoga studio and there was like maybe 30 people just like sitting <laughs> cross-legged on the floor. Right. As we walked in, we were a little late and they were talking about uh, MK Ultra. And then, <laughs> and then next thing you know, they started talking about like chemtrails and stuff. And we were like, oh my God, we made it. And this is like 2020. This is like, this is like August 2020. You know what I mean? Like this oh, is wow. like in the middle okay. of all the yeah. madness. You know what I mean? Amazing. Yeah, it was like this underground meetup. You know what I mean? And so we're like, okay, we have to start one. And so we went back and we made a page on the freedom cells website okay um, the telegram channel um and and people started trickling in you know and we started doing regular meetups That's and awesome. uh it really blew up like right now there's probably like 200 people in that telegram group wow. um we did a, we did we did our own festival last summer last summer in july it was called manifest manifest 2021 wow. uh, we found a guy with some property shout out to mark 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 johnson who just ran for county commissioner up there in clackamas okay. county oregon but uh he let us use his property, and a bunch of us went up there. We built a stage, and we cleared out a whole bunch of brush, and we created all this room for camping. And probably a good like hundred people showed up, wow. and we had guest speakers like we had Dr. Paul Thomas from uh, he's the guy that did like the vaxxed unvaxxed kid. He's the pediatrician that did the vaxxed unvaxxed kid experiment. Okay. You know what I'm talking about with the yeah yeah. So he came because he's based out of Portland. So he was a guest speaker, and then yeah. several like attorneys, and just it was a fantastic event. Live music, right in the middle of all the chaos, right? That's we, awesome. We, we burned an effigy of Kate Brown, the governor out there, right? It was so awesome. It was fantastic, right? Speaking yeah. of which, so oh, that reminds me. So it's happening again this year, guys. Manifest 2022 is happening oh. right in Malala, Oregon. Now, now I was like one of the main organizers, and I'm not going to be there this year. But right. what, but what I'm doing is we're doing a live stream to the event. Very and it's going to cool. be a big conference call, so you're invited. It's, I'm, supposed okay. to, I'm supposed to do like a like a panel. I'm supposed to invite a bunch of like alternative media people. Nice. And we're going to do like a group Zoom call and like to the event, and they're going to have a camera and a microphone there, so they're going to be interacting with us. So it's going to be broadcasted to the event, okay. and it's also going to be live streamed out from there. So that's super cool. Yeah, it's a new development. Like it's, I haven't even emailed anybody yet about it, but it's on the oh, 16th, it's Saturday the 16th at <laughs> I guess it would be 10 p.m. our time. Because it's 8 p.m. Right. Pacific, so if you if you're available and want to, then totally welcome. What, when is it? Saturday the 16th at of, 10 p.m. of July. Of July. Yeah, okay. it's coming right up. It's coming cool. right up. Cool. Yeah, so I think I, I think I can do that. We'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah. But yeah. But anyway, Where's so so freedom cells. So freedom cells yeah. is a powerful, powerful thing. Um, God, I don't even know where I was going with that. Community building. So yeah, it's all about community building. And, you know and what solutions. Mean? And yeah. solutions. And so, so I, I, I agree with you. Cause that, yeah. I, I always look at what is it they want to do and we should do the antidote, right? Yeah. yeah. The opposite. Yeah. And they wanted to atomize us. So yeah. we should yep. fight harder to yep. build Absolutely. And so coming out here, you know, so it kind of was kind of sucked leaving that, um, you know what sure. I mean? But, but at the same time, you know, I feel like, so here's another way I look at it too. So mm-hmm. out there, like it, it and this is not, again, to disparage anybody in particular, but it was like, you know, it was frustrating finding people that wanted to, like, really show up and, and work and do the deal right. and do stuff and stuff like that. And, you know, it was tough. And I don't know if that was an Oregon thing or if it was just, like, whatever thing. But mm-hmm. one of the things I was thinking about is that, like, in Oregon, you know, COVID happened and people kind of realized what was at stake, really. Like, people never really kind of, like, considered 
like <laughs> what liberty and freedom means, really. Right. And then when you're faced with the fact that now you have to like maybe defend and maybe you have to do something in defense of your freedoms or right. something like, well, this is a new concept, right? Like liberty totally. and freedom. Like, I don't know, you know, I'm probably falling that category too. I'm like, geez, I didn't even know this was something <laughs> I had to like, I took totally took for granted. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so part of me thinking and just deciding to leave ultimately, there's tons of reasons, but really I wanted to find a place. And then this is probably what a lot of people are thinking too. Mm-hmm. I wanted to find a place where like freedom, liberty, that stuff was like, in the people's blood like that is like yeah. that is like such a deep core value that like okay you know what yep. i mean and so like a place like this that wasn't really impacted by it. like out in oregon like there's so much division and everybody hated each other on either side there's just so yeah. much anger and tension and just dark energy everywhere it's just like yeah. you know i want to come to a place that wasn't as impacted by it but i think a lot of that has to do with the fact that like you know freedom and liberty is just like in the culture like deeply yeah, in the culture I you know so what i mean and so hopefully coming out here again i'm gonna take that same model of like community building. I haven't done a freedom cell out here yet. Okay. There's one in Chattanooga and actually that was originally my plan was to move to Chattanooga uh-huh. because of the freedom cell down there. We've got a pretty big one but then that's when Ryan last minute like offered to allow me to use the studio. I'm like okay I guess I'm going to Nashville okay, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but but that, that's something I want to do like the freedom cell thing. I've gotten involved with this other community uh, through this app called the Bertaria Times app which is a really cool app, and I can tell you all about that. But, uh, okay. But there's just a community of people who are, uh, like, like big into, like, homesteading and just, like, you know, oh, doing great. big things. And, uh, you know, just, just, just yeah, I think that's going to be the biggest thing. That's going to be our biggest tool. And mm-hmm. it's kind of the idea of Freedom Cells is based on um, the concept of, like, agorism, mm-hmm. which is, like, a libertarian-type philosophy of just, mm-hmm. like, counter-economy. We're trying to create a counter-economy. Mm-hmm. We're trying to create... A parallel system that right. can that we can operate independently and like we can literally like maybe even have our own currency and just to mm-hmm. like ideally as it scales up to the yeah. point where like we can only just do commerce in and amongst ourselves and just mm-hmm. cut them out completely and so right. get to the point where whatever they do whatever mandates they do whatever nonsense like we're going to be over here we have our own supply lines you know we have like people who have like skills and then have like are in all the different trades and we can be as self-sufficient as humanly possible and so that's 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 the goal. awesome yeah i i mean i'm not opposed to states going back to having their own currency yeah i actually yeah. think that that's states should really act as sovereign nations uh, sure yeah yeah, yeah. I, i'm a big advocate for that yeah as much as possible you know yeah and and but you know what like even even then like like we can just cut them all out dude like there's this really interesting yeah. paper um, this guy named Samuel Konkin, uh, he goes by S.E.K. the third. He wrote this thing called the New Libertarian Manifesto. Okay. And it's a quick read. It's like it's like thirty pages, forty pages. Okay. It's a really interesting read though because it mm-hmm. really it doesn't really talk about libertarianism more so. It's more about it's talking about agorism. It's talking about okay. I think that in fact that's maybe uh, maybe mistaken, but I think that that's the paper that coined the term agorism. Oh, interesting. Okay. And and it's like the idea of like anarchy in action, basically. It's just like. <laughs> And it talks about, and it's not not like the Antifa anarchy. This is like right. it's the good kind of anarchy, right? Yeah, it's no good right, kind of anarchy, right. right? No rulers, not not no rules, but there's no rulers. No rulers. You know what I'm saying? So, so. <laughs> I did a live stream. It, it's gone now because yeah. uh, oh. I know that that's the thing about YouTube. Yeah. So, but I had done a live stream, and they were both libertarians, yeah. and uh, we, they kept joking like that. The theme of the pod, of the live stream was yeah. going to be that they were going to turn me into an anarchist yeah and uh like well i mean 
I'm not that far. Yeah, like, exactly. I mean, I do think that some, I think local governments are yeah. still kind of necessary. Yeah. Uh, I think they should, even locals should be minimized. Yeah. Uh, but I'd be fine if we get rid of the federal government. Yeah. That would be just yeah. A-okay with me. Yeah, I think, <laughs> like, I think we can scale it down quite a bit and still survive. I, I mean, I actually, yeah. I actually really honestly, <laughs> yeah. if we got rid of the federal government, yeah. I'd actually be even okay with that. Yeah, I think, yeah, at this point, at this point, like yeah. they're just they're just murdering kids everywhere here. They this are is what literally. This is what they're doing. Like they're just their their well, role it's like, is to mur- torture and murder and sacrifice kids. Like that's all they're doing. But not just kids though. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, mean, yes, it's I all this weaponization yeah. against the people. Yeah. So I I'm really okay with. Bye-bye. You know I I think of uh, like uh, Switzerland with the cantons. Mm, okay. And it's really localized, very decentralized. So I think that is a. Uh, Without the socialism, yeah, you know that yeah, yeah. is actually a, not a bad model. Yeah, the de- anything decentralized, like the more we can get decentralized, it's like, yeah. yeah. But that book, you know, that that little paper, the New Libertarian Manifesto, so check it. it out because he does this really good thought experiment where okay. he describes. He calls it a low, medium, and high density agorism, and so he's describing like, you know, what what a society would look like with low density agorism, which means like little small pockets of people, like maybe. Like the freedom cell model is like you're supposed to form a group of like eight people. That's your little okay. cell, like people that you're like those are like your go-to people. Right. And then there's like an eight eight cell over here, and then they can like interact with each other. And then like there's eight the intermediate level is like the eight groups of eight people. And then like you have the huh. the, the meta cadre of people that mm-hmm. are like you know like the 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 network like a regional type of network. You know what I mean? So how interesting. Yeah, and so the, this but but the low, medium, and high density agorism thought experiment that he does is really cool because it talks about like yeah it's low. There's just some people that they're very you know strong liber- liberty values and mm-hmm. they just they trade amongst each other and then he describes like medium. It's like yeah. You know, they're starting to be able to become pretty independent. It's like high-density agorism. It's like, you know, the state's taking notice, and they're like, oh, my God, these people. And then he describes, like, the, the final clash. There's, like, mm-hmm. the final clash, like, maybe some war-type situation. But at this point, like, now us over here, agorism is, like, way larger than the statists, all the state people over here. Yeah, and then there's, like, the final clash, and then all of a sudden, like, we live in, like, paradise. Like, that's kind of the thought of it. <laughs> because we've eliminated... His own version of utopia. Yeah, kind of, kind of. It's like we've eliminated the need for the state because we're over here doing this. Now... I think they're like when I first heard about this, like because I came across all this information post doing the podcast, you know, right. interviewing people, and like when I first heard about, it, I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm all in, like full anarchist, dude, like all this stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then some people started to chip away and point out some like inconsistencies. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Okay. Like one of the big ones is like, what are you gonna do if you're like your neighbor decides to like sell their kids into like sex slavery? And I'm like. Well, then you call the, like no, you can't call the police. Like, what are you gonna do? You're like, oh shit, yeah, I guess we'll like. Hmm. Like, well, what's the law? Who determines? Like, who determines, like, age of consent? Like, let's say they're, like, 15. He wants to sell her into sex slavery. She's 15. Mm-hmm. Who says the age of consent? I'm like, yeah, you kind of need laws for that, huh? I'm like, okay, well, shit, all right? <laughs> and he starts chipping away at it. And then and then, and then he says, like, well, okay, so the second that there's no... There's Owen Benjamin. You ever heard of Owen Benjamin? Yeah. Okay, so uh, this is Owen Benjamin. This is his, like, bit that he was doing on, on okay. that I thought was hilarious. He's like, okay, well, as soon as... As soon as society like the government collapses and goes away i'm gonna come enslave you make you my slave out of spite i'm just gonna make you my slave what are you gonna do about it like you will be my slave and that's gonna be it <laughs> it's like i guess you kind of guess you need some law and order i guess then, you huh? do <laughs> yeah. but i think that I, I actually think that the more localized those laws yeah. are the better yeah because totally. you know there's a huge difference between the way that people in really rural areas live versus people in the big cities yeah 
and the needs and the regulations for each are going to be very different. Yeah, totally. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, and that our founding fathers understood that. Totally. Like, I mean, that, that's part of why we have an electoral college. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, despite what people want to say, yeah. that yeah. was actually the reason. It was, it was predicated on, uh, you know, their studies of ancient civilization. Mm. And they noticed that, you know, the ancient Greek farmers had very different values from than like the, the people of Athens, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, geez, we've been cranking. Wow. Well, yeah. Where are we at here? We're about All right. In. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Tell them, tell them where they can find you. Well, uh, you can find me on Rockfin, Rumble, BitChute, Odyssey. Uh, What's your website? What's your website? Oh, it's CourtneyTurner.com. But I spell my name yeah. like Courtney. Courtney. Turner. And I'm actually in the process of relaunching it. Cool. So I will have all of my podcast streaming through there. Awesome. Uh, and I'm gonna, you know, do a page for my aerial. I'm gonna start speaking and doing Beautiful. aerial performances again. Cool. So I just did one like really? last month. So nice. Yeah. So that'll be the best. But I'm on all the audio platforms too. Good. Yeah, good. 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 Spotify. And, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And you? Uh, Rebunk.news is the website. Yeah. T.me forward slash Rebunked Pod is the Telegram. That's the best place to keep up to date. And yeah, on all podcast players too. Just type in Rebunked, not debunked. That's the Ben Shapiro show. Don't click on that <laughs> Yeah, one. don't do that. Click on Rebunked. Rebunked. Yeah. yeah. And, my, and my podcast is the Courtney Turner Podcast. It's spelled the way I spell it. Courtney. Courtney. <laughs> and yeah, there'll be a episode or links in the description. So there you go. Yeah. Thanks, awesome. guys. That was Thank fantastic. You. Yeah, right. it was awesome. Oh, yeah. Peace. Peace. <laughs>